Hello, my friend. Before we start this amazing episode, I want to invite you to the personal Patreon page of this podcast. If you love what's being done here and want to keep the podcast and the meditations free to the public, then you can come on over to our brand new community on Patreon and donate $11.11 a month and all proceeds will go towards keeping this free, keeping this going. Plus, we'll be building a community together and I'll give you bonus material. You can explore this option in the description of this podcast or just go to patreon.com slash Dr. Reese. Let's begin. Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. So are you familiar with A Course in Miracles? Welcome to episode 107. Today, I'm sitting down to talk to Max Ryan. He's been studying and teaching the famous book, A Course in Miracles, for 38 years. In this talk, we're going to dive deep into what the course is about and what Master J, also known as Jesus the Christ, had to teach us and why he supposedly came back in the 1970s to deliver this course. So sit down, relax, and take in this beautiful and valuable recording. Let's begin. Max, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Kevin. Thank you for inviting me. So how is A Course in Miracles a life changer? That's a big question. Um, I would say the main thing about A Course in Miracles is the Course in Miracles is a process that helps you to move from, from insanity and duality to a space of unity and oneness, basically. Yeah. And that is a life changer because most people are walking around trying to fight suffering off all the time. And they're trying to fix suffering. They're trying to change themselves. They're trying to get something else or understand something. And A Course in Miracles at its core is helping you to realize and really have the experience that nothing needs to be done, that everything is already okay. Mm, acceptance. Acceptance. Mm -hmm. And it's realization too, right? So you can either be accepting the story that the egoic mind is telling you or having the realization that there is something far bigger going on than the story. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. The, the thing about A Course in Miracles that always struck me as very interesting is, you know, it's, it's, it's grounded in God, in Jesus, Mm-hmm. But it's also very Eastern. That's right. It's it's, it's got that whole matrix feel to it that we're we're stuck in this illusion, mm -hmm. and we just don't know it, and we have to break out, unplug. Very much so. 
And, you know, when you say that Eastern Western thing, it's very true. And that's, I think, one of the, I've been practicing and teaching A Course in Miracles for 38 years. So when I and before I even came to it, I was really spiritual and I'd read and studied and and done a lot of different paths. And when I found A Course in Miracles, it was just this, whoa, this balance between, because a lot of Buddhism was making sense to me, yeah. but then a lot of metaphysics, real metaphysics was making sense to me, but then certain Jesus stuff was making sense to me a lot. But then the, all together, there's this, because it uses Jesus and it uses Christic terminology, but in a way that you never really think about it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which makes it very interesting. <laughs> it really does. Well, as the story goes, uh, Dr. Helen Schuchman, is that? Helen Schuchman. Schuchman, okay. She was a psychologist or a, a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And one day she started receiving these messages, these downloads mm -hmm. from who she said is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, she never said that. Okay. She never said that. In the course, <clears throat> it keeps referring to well, me, me, me. And then at, it's pretty obvious because it talks about the crucifixion and resurrection and it quotes the Bible a lot. But there's a section in the course that where it says, uh, I am Master J. And when he says, I am Master J, it means, it doesn't mean I'm Master um, Jesse or Jose. <laughs> so she never said that it was Jesus. She didn't know what was going on. Okay. She was an atheist and she was Jewish and, and half um, atheist and half Jewish. And she was like, she had no idea really what was going on. <laughs> so she was receiving messages mm -hmm. and she scribed them with the help of her friend. Yeah. Bill Thet Thetford, yeah. With her who worked with her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she, when it started happening, she called him as the story goes like, Hey, this is some funky stuff happening to me right now. What's, you know, what, what do you think? Am I going nuts? What's going on? And, and he essentially said, you got to scribe that, you know, and he helped her and for like five, six years, she was just writing. Yeah. I think it's a little over six years that she just kept writing. Now this is interesting because I had a guy on this podcast about a year ago the same thing happened to him. Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily Jesus, but some sort of entity, angel, you know, master, some sort of ascended master. Yeah. Wrote three books with him. And so when I listened to the A Course in Miracles, I have the audio book. I, I take it as Jesus talking. Mm -hmm. And in and, and, and my mind, I'm, I'm rationalizing it as you know, this master's life was cut short 2000 years ago mm -hmm. and he came back in the seventies through this woman to, to, to get the clear, the whole message across. Right. And it is, it, it comes across with this sense of this is what I really meant. That's kind of what it comes across. And he even, there's quite a few times in the course of miracles when he says, the Bible says, da, 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 da. And, and he says, I want you to look at it like this, or what I really meant was blah, da, da, da. And so it's, it's like, you have to look at it like, you know, there's, there's a fable going on here and there is meaning going on here. And, and a lot of times, you know, that meaning has been um, co-opted 
by um, groups and religions that need to control people. Right. <laughs> and the Course in Miracles is not a religion, obviously. It's not a religion right. at all. Right, so. right. Mm -hmm. It's a massive teaching from supposedly Jesus. Right, what I in, always tell In modern people, times. Right, and it's not a self-help book, right? Because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to go get this Course in Miracles, just like I pick up Marianne Williamson, who's awesome. I have a whole story about her. But, and then they're like, whoa, this is not a self-help book. I mean, this is a spiritual text we're talking about that is very... It's powerful. It's, it's so powerful. And if you really start to really study it, a lot of people, they're just, they come to me and they're like, I got that. I put it away and I couldn't do anything with it. That's exactly what happened to me. I, I got it maybe 10 years ago mm -hmm. and I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Because I've been studying and practicing it for so long that it's part of how I am. And it's, it's a big, huge part of all my levels of awakening I've had in my life. That's for sure. And so it's easy for me to be able to kind of take it and say, what well, what's really going on here and how it applies to your life is like this. It's this situation with your daughter. This is what he's talking about. Because otherwise, it just is, it's almost like a foreign language. But once you start to get the main concepts of, a, of The Course in Miracles, you will start to be like, ah, I get that. I understand. And it shifts you in ways that you, you can't even describe. It's a big book, too. It's not, it's not a quick read. No, it's not a quick read. Yeah. And there's three. This is I'm showing on the video. I have um, this is my second copy of A Course in Miracles. And the first copies I had were the original three that had a textbook, the text and then workbook and then um, the manual for teachers in three different volumes. And then I have this one and it's all <laughs> it's all um, yeah. duct tape and everything. And and it just shows that, you know, it does take work to do it. It, does, it yeah. just takes work to focus on it. But boy, the, I'm telling, I tell everyone, if it's not your path, it's not your path. That's for sure. But the people that find it and go, there's something here and they start doing it, their lives change. Yeah. Their lives change. It's really beautiful. So let's dive into it a little bit. One of the topics that comes up in this beautiful book is creation with your mind versus miscreation with your mind mm -hmm. can you shed some light on that first of all the course would say um our greatest tool is our mind so we're not our, we aren't our mind but we have a tool as a mind right so and what what he's trying to do is help us to consciously use the mind in a way that helps us this is what i always say helps us to use the mind to get out of our mind and that's kind of the whole point. So when we're consciously creating, co-creating, we're using our mind correctly, meaning that we're not, we're doing our best to not allow the ego, the egoic mind to co-opt us. Because the egoic mind in The Course in Miracles will always help you and convince you to use your mind against yourself against others, against the world, so that you remain separate. And so that's really, and the other part of the course, I mean, uh, kind of referring to your, your question is that he says that we're only doing two things here. 
we're either projecting from our ego or we are extending with love or extending with God. And that's right-mindedness, right-mindedness. The creative is when you're extending with love, extending with God. Otherwise, you're projecting from the ego. Does that make sense? Yes. And right-mindedness, yes, that's the term used in the book. Or Gautama, the Buddha, talked about right perspective or um, right view. Yeah, right view. And the Eightfold Path. Mm-hmm. So that's, what, that's kind of what it reminds me of. But not exactly mindfulness. Okay. Because mindfulness can be co-opted by the ego also. Hmm. A lot of people are being really mindful and not getting anywhere. Hmm. They're not waking up. Because the ego has control of, I'm going to be mindful. I'm going to be mindful. Not everybody. I'm going to be mindful because that will get me my spiritual awakening. So I'm going to be mindful. And then 40 years later, they're still being mindful and they're really actually not really awake and they're not really happy. They're still like, I'm meditating. I'm mindful. I'm meditating. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because the ego can co-opt anything, especially spirituality. Well, yeah, they say that the, <laughs> the worst part of the ego is, is the spiritual ego. That's the last part of the ego sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. It happened to, happened to me as well. Mm-hmm. How did that happen with you? When you gain so much knowledge and you start spewing the knowledge and becoming a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, uh, a rise in superiority can emerge. That ego possesses yeah. the knowledge and yeah. it's, it's like the last yeah. block to overcome. I know and you don't. I know and you don't. And if you don't listen to me, the inner critic starts judging. And... Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And I need to make sure that I'm right. Right. Which right. is another form of separation. And separation always leads to suffering and just the way it is. And it's really important. You know, I think that um, I think probably people that listen to your podcast, you know, I think it's a this is a great topic because. I meet people every day. And at one point, I probably was like that. I've let it go a long time ago. But this idea that, well, I'm spiritual and other people aren't. Right. Separation. That's the form of separation. So just be really careful of that because that's the ego just working its way back into your spirituality. It loves the spirituality. Boy, it loves it. (laughs) So the truth is, is that we're all one, right? Mm -hmm. We're just, we have individual bodies, and uh, but we're really all <laughs> formless and one, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. In the course, it calls it the sonship. Mm. So there's it's in traditional, you know, it uses a lot of traditional Christianity or Christic philosophy: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It doesn't say Father, five hundred billion sons, and one Holy Spirit. <laughs> there's one Son. And that is, we are the emanation of God's source itself. And we're all connected no matter what. We're all connected, even if we, I mean, we can convince ourselves we're not. In a body and in, in, in this world, of course, it seems like we're separate. But there are m- glimpses of moments where you're like, well, of course, I'm connected with my neighbor. I'm connected with the person I love. I'm connected, 
you know, it's like I was saying this the other, well, just today in, in my group, I was saying, listen, that one oneness thing is really important because just think about it like this. If you or somebody is a murderer and they murder somebody, it doesn't just kill them. It affects the mother and the father and the community and the court system and ad infinitum. And it goes on and on and on. So that's just one way. And the same thing with a loving act. The same thing with, you know, when you smile at somebody and you show them love and you don't even know them at a store, that could change their life. It could change their day. And they go home and they don't yell at their kid. And then, you know, so the, we're all connected. We're all connected. And metaphysically, there's only one of us here anyway. So I always say that we're all, this is how I see it, but this is not in The Course in Miracles, but I always say, I like the imagery of, um, we are all cells in the body of Christ. Mm. All one body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Made up of individual cells. That have a, that from A Course in Miracles point of view, that have a highly individualized curriculum. So if you look at that analogy about cells in the body of Christ, it's like Kevin's cell is a nose cell. Max's cell is a hair cell. Jane's is an elbow cell. They're highly individualized curriculums, but they all work together. The collective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if that's the case, Max, then... We're living the movie, The Matrix, in a way. We're, we're in this, it's almost like God's simulation. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Mm -hmm. In the, what the course would say, in the illusion. Yeah. You know, there's an illusion that we have projected. He uses the, he uses the analogy of the um, sitting in a, in a movie theater with a blank screen. It's very Matrix. And all we're doing is we're looking at the screen and we're projecting all of our beliefs, all of our fears, all of our hopes into this movie. And you know, in the times when you're watching a movie and you lose yourself and you think you're in the movie, he's like, that's, a, that's everything that's going on here. But we forget that we can get up and walk outside and real life is actually going on outside the movie theater. So how do we, uh, how, do we get, matrix. how do we get the walk out? <laughs> we do the course? It's one way. It's one way. Listen, people awaken spiritually without any, without any um, spiritual guidance. People just wake up. That's for sure. They get the game that's been going on here. The course is one way to do it. And it's a very gentle way. And it slowly, meticulously gets your mind to think cor correctly or think more in alignment with source, with God, with love. And once you do that, like I always say, then you start to get the game that's going on here. It's all a game. It's all kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I've always said it's kind of like a school. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And, the, and we're unconsciously choosing to stay in that school over and over and over because we think that that's reality. Reality is far bigger than that. So... How do we change fear into love? Because fear is that overwhelming of course. feeling mm -hmm. that keeps us 
man and and hell so to speak Mm -hmm. first of all let's go to a a basics of a course of miracles it states that only love is real Mm. fear is not real so to try to attack fear to try to manage fear is a loser situation Mm. you're not going to be able to do it because it's trying to catch a ghost it's not real it's an illusion and it will keep shifting around and changing. And as many times as you try to, this is why people with anxiety and everything try to deal with their fear, it doesn't work. Because fear isn't really real. It's a projection in a mind that has lost its way. That's all. And so we don't try to change fear to love. We remove the blocks to the presence of love and then love is just there. Mm. there's a million projections of fear. So you start to remove those. And when you remove those, what's underneath? Love. Love, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. How do we move out? How do we clean out these obstructions? We have to identify them first. Mm. So in The Course in Miracles, he says, love is something you cannot learn but you can learn and know the blocks to love's presence in your life. Most people are walking around not realizing that their anger is keeping them from love, their judgment is keeping them from love, their self-hatred is keeping them from love. All these things are keeping them from having the life they want. But you've got to be able to see that it's not a bad thing. It's just an illusion. Your judgment of your brother being that they're horrible and they're bad and they need to whatever change, that's just keeping you from discovering what's already here. So you're waiting for them to change before you find love. It doesn't work that way. So the course is so beautiful, especially the, um, the um, workbook and the daily lessons. It's methodical. Little by little, the mind starts to go, what? I'm giving everything the meaning? No, that meaning is there. And then you think about it and you're like, wait a second, I did give that meaning. And then you go on and says, oh, I want to see things differently. Yes, I do. So meticulously, 365 lessons of the workbook, you begin to get, you get it. You start to go, wait a second. I can just be peaceful. I can just chill. I can just allow flow and love and grace. That's a long answer to your question. A lot of it is dissolving these these judgments, right? Huge. Yeah, that's a big. It's a big. It, it only comes from the ego. Mm-hmm. That's right. And this is where the Eastern and Western kind of blend in together because. It's all this idea of accepting everything as it is. Buddha, it is what it is. What makes it wrong is your judgment on it. The Course in Miracles says when you change your mind, you change your perception, you have a miracle. Mm. So when you change your mind, you have a miracle. And when you have a miracle, you become different. And when you become different enough times, you start to have a completely different relationship to yourself, God, and the world. Mm. Why are the world? Why is this world of illusion so enticing? 
because the ego wants to uh, let me say this in the course of miracles it says do not be misled the ego wants to kill you hmm. so what that means is it wants to make sure that you never ever really get that you are already okay that you're peaceful so the enticing thing is the ego goes, oh, let me do that, and let's do that. That will help you, and this will help you, and try to do that. So it's like, I just watched, I don't know if you've seen this, it's really beautiful, but um, the new live action version of Pinocchio, which was done in Italy a couple of years ago. I haven't seen it, no. It's amazing. It's amazing. And in, if you remember Pinocchio, Pinocchio is the little boy and he's like a bad boy and he goes, tries to find, and he, he's always lured into, ooh, these boys are going to be really cool and that'll be really fun. And then this is, but the whole time he's inside missing his father. And then the Jiminy Cricket character, which is kind of like the Holy Spirit is going, I don't know if I'd do that if I was you. <laughs> <laughs> because he's being enticed. The world is like the Wizard of Oz. So the world is going, come on, come over here. It's beautiful. Run around here and do all this other stuff. And that's fine. But then there's a point where you go, is this all there is? Because it's finite. The world is finite. So it's enticing you to keep you from going, I already have it. It's already here. I could just be happy. Mm. I can just be peaceful. No matter what's happening. No matter what's happening. That's a really great point. Because this is when you really start getting it. Things can be falling apart in your life, in the world. And you still go, I'm okay. I always know when people are starting to wake up because they, they start to get this thing of like, six months ago, that would have pissed me off. And now I'm like, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not being enticed into going in there and doing the fight or trying to control it. You start to just sit back. I think the two hardest situations for people to deal with is one, losing someone very close to you, like a parent or something. Worse. Or a divorce, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then the second is your own body starting to fail, an illness of some kind. Right. These are the two big ones that people have a lot of trouble with. How can A Course in Miracles help someone deal with one of those two situations? Well, one of the hardest principles of the Course I, I find for people, and when you get this, your whole life will change, is that we're not a body. Now, anyone listening to this podcast is going to say, well, of course, we're not a body, we're spirit. I get that. But do you really get it? Because when you really get that and you understand you're not a body, the Course says that, that we are the light of the world. We're not a body. We're not a body. So when you really do get that, first of all, all fear, like we were talking about, all fear can always, 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 Kevin, be traced back to the fear of dying. Yeah. So if you, if you get, you're not a body. You are a spirit that's having a little experience of a body instead of a body that's having 
and experience. You know what I mean? And when you really get that, then everything changes. Fear really goes down the drain. You're like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I live or die. Although while I'm here, I'm going to love it. I'm going to bring love to it. I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to help people. I'm going to bring joy to the world in my life and have a good time while I'm doing it. But it's not the, it's finite. It's the, not the beginning and the end of the body. So once you get that, a lot of stuff starts changing in your life because fear starts to be like, what's to be afraid of? What, they're going to kill me? Whatever. <laughs> I mean, literally. You just start to be like, it doesn't matter. And boy, oh boy, what brings you into the present moment more than knowing it doesn't matter if I live or die. And I'm not saying that you're going to be like, this isn't like a suicide pact or anything. It actually makes you appreciate your life more and live your life with much more gusto and joy because you're like, you know, I might not be around tomorrow in this form. So let's make a good time of it. I mean, no, just the whole thing is like a video game. It's, it's like uh, you're playing Mario Brothers or something and like you're playing as Mario and you don't, exactly you, you don't want to necessarily die and lose the game. But if you do, it's like, ah, ah oh, well, I'm going yeah. to make, I'm going to make lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Or it's like, you know, it's like, it's the car analogy always works really well too. You're not the car. You, you don't go, oh, the car is dead. <clears throat> You're the person that's driving the car. You're not the car. So you're the, the light of energy that's being pumped through with God and love that's making this whole thing go. I had a near-death experience about seven, six, seven years ago, and I died and I came back, and it was really incredible. It was amazing. And I got everything that I've been teaching for years. I was like, it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> confirmation. It was confirmation because as soon as I left my body, it was like the best thing ever. I knew right away. I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. I get it. And then I came back. <laughs> People can face their fear of death any way they can. I'm telling you, it's one of the greatest things you can ever do for yourself to face your fear and really know it. You know, and the, the course is so great because especially if you do the lessons, the daily lessons, you will start to that fear. Fear in general just starts to go down. And that fear of death starts to go down too at the same time. You just start to live in a completely different way. So what did you see? What did you experience? Well, I didn't have that traditional thing. You know, the, 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 the hallway and the tunnel and the light, that didn't happen for me. I was in a state of consciousness. I was put into an induced coma. I was, I was, I had, my body went into septus and it's a long story. I was had to be put into an induced coma to keep me alive. Oh, so this and, is a hospital type thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then um, my awareness started to be like, well, what's going on? Something's wrong. Something's wrong with me. And that's, that was the awareness. And then I, re I was, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. That was the awareness. And then I said, wait, hold on. Nothing's wrong with me. That's I knew that. I said, oh, it's my body. Nothing, something's wrong with my body. And I would, that was the consciousness that I was having. And then I was like, and then this is what happened. I said, oh, it's just my body, whatever. <laughs> and that's the moment that everything changed. 
And timing wise, I know that that's when my heart stopped and they were like freaking out that I was dying. And that's when I was like, ah, oh. it was an overwhelming sense of relief. Like you took love. off, like you took off a, a pair of tight shoes. Yeah. And it was all very mysterious and beautiful at the same time. There were so many things going on. It was just, it was the most beautiful thing. But at the same time, I was very familiar with it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm back. It felt like, oh, I'm back. That's what it felt like. And it was all easy peasy. Love. I didn't see anyone. Nobody came up running to me or, you know, I didn't see any pearly gates or any of that stuff. But the, my consciousness was like, oh, all it's over been, the place. Okay, yeah. Completely, completely. And I could tell you some really bizarre stories about the moment that that happened when friends of mine that were in Australia and in England and all this place, and they're very spiritual, intuitive, and they, and in the same moment, they saw me in front of them. They, I was all over the place. It was like crazy. So how did you deal with the lead up to that moment because that's the real scary part i think for humans is oh going yeah. through the body failing type thing maybe it's easier in the 80s or 90s but as as you know someone in their 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s it's yeah. kind of like ah this is too this is too soon <laughs> okay. i started getting really sick and i was like and i was like I have the flu or something. I don't know what's going on. I went to one of those urgent care places and they were like, oh, you have the flu, go home. And something in me was like, no, there's something wrong. But I went back home and I was like, this isn't good. I went back there again. They were like, no, you have the flu. And I started, I was getting the shakes and all this other stuff. They're like, oh, it's just, first of all, those people didn't do the right thing. And then all of a sudden, a day or two later, um, I got so my whole body was out of control and I was freezing and it was in California, it was 110 degree weather and I was freezing. I had to be taken to the hospital. And I remember thinking the lead up to that, I was concerned. I was like, something's going on here. And there was definitely fear. There's no doubt. And I had been doing this work for a long time. There was definitely fear. But the fear was the unknown. The fear was like, what's going on with me? I wasn't really fearful of death, really. I was fearful of why is my body doing this? Why don't I have control over anything? You know what I mean? Um, so it's interesting because it came to me, you know, this is like six years ago. So I've been on this path for many years. I'm 56 years old. I've been doing it since I'm like 15 years old. So I had been dealt, dealt with that. And I did have fear, but it was more fear of like, how's it going to happen? Am I going to die? It was a little more like that for me. But I can yeah. imagine people that, that haven't been doing work for a long time and they, and things like this happen. And I, listen, I deal with people and I have, you know, some of my students that have, you know, stage four cancers and I've, I've worked with people that are sick and everything. That fear is gripping. It's real. And it's real. You can't tell someone that that fear is not real. Right. You can't, but you can help them to understand what the fear is doing. You know? Um, so my answer is probably not as typical as other people's. Mm. You know. Yeah, that is some heightened fear. Yeah, for sure. It takes a lot of acceptance to. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's a reason why people, you know, when they get diagnosed with life, you know, life um, threatening illnesses like stage four cancer or whatever it happens to be. 
That's why there's a percentage of those people that wake up because they get, oh, damn, I'm not my body. They get it. Other people suffer through it and they keep holding on to, I got to keep the body alive. I got to keep the body alive. I got to keep the body alive. And that's suffering, right? But there's a percentage of people that wake up spiritually when they get a life-threatening diagnosis. There, there's something about the whole, when we become obsessed with fixing something, that leads to suffering, mental suffering. Always. And what likes to fix it? The ego. Ego, oh, we got to fix something. And something's got to change, and I got to fix it. I got to search for the answer and make it complicated. In the meantime, you know, you're just sitting back for the ride going, I guess I'm on this fear ride. But we don't have to be. But we still got to take care of ourselves. Of course, we, we need proper nutrition. We need a little exercise. We need yeah. to wash our feet, you know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, so. for sure. I mean, there's self-respect. You, you, you know, this whole thing about trying to love yourself and, and everything. Trying to love yourself is it's not a bad thing, but just remove some of the crap in front and you will just be love. And you will just automatically be like, well, you know what? Drinking 10 cans of soda feels like crap. Oh, maybe I should drink some water. Yeah. Okay. You just automatically have a reverence for your life when you start to do the work. You just do. You don't have to be a fanatical. You don't have to be a vegan. Nothing against vegans. You don't have to do <laughs> yoga 50 miles. You don't have to. You don't have to. You just have to wake up and go, oh, there's a reverence here, a grace. You just naturally walk through the world and go, wow, I'd rather eat that. That feels better. Yeah, I heard one master give a great analogy one time. He said, my body is like my pet. <laughs> I take it for a walk. I feed it. <laughs> That's right. Totally. And if you don't take it for a walk, it's going to get sick. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you don't play with it, it's going to get angry and it's going to bite you. <laughs> it's true. That's a big part of, you know, lighten up, play. So often we hear of these miracle healings. Mm-hmm since we're talking about the body mm -hmm. and in the Bible, there's quite a few of them. Some through Jesus himself, this is known to happen. Uh, I, I'm a fan of Dr. Emmett Fox mm -hmm. from the early mid 1900s. You know, I love him too. Yeah. He, he talks about it. You know, I have one of his books sitting right there. That's so funny. Yeah, man. It, it just switched the thought to God and, get that gratitude and you just, things can happen, right? Yeah, for sure. It comes back to the right-mindedness. It's like, you know, when Jesus performed miracles, it's like, you know, let's just take the, the walking on water miracle. You know, the story about, you know, he's in the boat and all the apostles are, you know, and then the storm comes and it's going to go over and they're flipping out and he's in the back having a little nap and whatever. And they're like, master, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. And he, do you remember what he says when he wakes up? Did he call them fools or something? You have no faith or something like that. He said, he says, Oh, ye of little faith. And then he, and then he steps out of the water and they're like, what? And he's like, just watch me. <laughs> and then he just walks out in the water because he knows that it's the fear that's keeping them in a box. And you will always 
create what you defend against. That fear is going to, you're, oh my God, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And a miracle, it's kind of like, you know, Jesus doesn't have anything else or any, anyone, anyone doesn't, but anything else in their mind other than God, other than love. So it's like when he, that one story in the Bible, it's kind of incidental, but I just love it. When he sees a lame man sitting on the side of the road who can't walk, and then he's walking by, I think he's with his apostles, and he just turns to the guy and he goes, get up. He's like, you don't understand. I've been like this for 50 years. And He goes, get up. And the guy gets up. Because he doesn't see the lame. He doesn't see that because that's not of God. The message here is strong belief, right? Yeah. It's, even, it's, it's kind of beyond belief, Kevin. It's the knowing. The knowing, the understanding, the almighty God, the all-powerful source is around us. And if you just have faith in that, mm -hmm. so much is possible. This is why people do affirmations, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. The Course of Miracles is a little different because what it does is it asks you, it asks you to accept the atonement for yourself. The atonement is the at-one-ment with God. So you're never separated from God. But we are convinced we're separated from God, from source, from life, from love. When you really accept the atonement for yourself, there is nothing you cannot do. There's nothing that can ever hurt you, ever. And so it's beyond belief. It's just like the way it is. It's just the way it is. That's how Jesus was. That's how the Buddha was. That's how Muhammad was. This is how a lot of these masters walked around. They're just like, well, I don't understand why you don't see it, but this is, you could have anything. And when you do that, then you live life very differently. Mm. Of course, as Jesus says, listen, you can do everything that I can do and more, and you will. And he says, your problem is you have an undisciplined mind. That's profound. Because so many people usually put their discipline towards their, the gym, <laughs> looking to get a six-pack of abs, or they put their discipline into their career. I mean, look, people have been saying it for centuries. It's the present moment is the key to the, the whole shebang. <laughs> that is. Because the past is depression. The future is anxiety. But right here, right now, it's all good unless there's a tiger <laughs> that's yeah. about to attack you. But even then, even then you're not a body. So it doesn't matter. There's a story in the Bible of, um, I want to say Daniel, he's in the lion's den. Yeah. And he just sits there and thinks of God and he gets out. That's right. <laughs> because he's not projecting fear. First of all, he's just being one with God. This is also the work of, again, Emmett, Emmett Fox. Yes, of course. Yeah, for sure. This, then, all of this has been talked about forever and ever and ever and ever. It's all been talked about forever, and it's the truth. It's the truth. One of the most powerful things in the Course is the second lesson in the Course of Miracles is I'm giving everything the meaning it has for me. When you give the meaning to something, boy, oh, boy, that's when you're either you're on or you're off. Because your meaning is usually filled with fear or ambition or control. Don't give it any meaning. The tiger doesn't have any meaning. It's just a tiger. 
In other words, it's don't take life so serious. That's another big one too, for sure. It's a it's the material world. That's right. Just play. Is, just play. It's finite. It's going to go anyway. So, right. And we still have to pay our bills, and like we said, take care yeah. of our body. But of course, we don't have to take it so serious in the mind. That's right. That's right. For don't sure. be attached to results. This is why the course is a psychological spiritual study, because it's helping us to to really use our psychology to its optimal level. Yeah, and Master Jay <laughs> mentions psychology a few times in the course, and There's I read that Dr. Helen thought that he was using her because he knew that she was a psychologist. So he was yes. talking to her in that way of, mm -hmm. you know, your modern psychology, blah, 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 you know, like kind of like that. Like he mm -hmm. came to a psychologist. It's like perfect, isn't it? Yeah. It's just perfect. I, you know, this is all the, the newer versions of A Course in Miracles have everything in it. There, yeah, there's one called Psychotherapy, Purpose, Process and Practice. This is in the regular book. And this is fascinating. Reading this is really fascinating because especially if you understand psychology at all, it's really, I mean, it's so perfect because you use your mind. I think I said this at the beginning to really be able to master your mind to, to get out of your mind. So you don't, so it's, you're not a slave to the mind anymore. Mm. All this mind work to get out of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's really funny, isn't it? <laughs> it's true though. If we start projecting fear, and anger or we repress it worse even worse. worse it's even worse mm -hmm. this, this right. is this happened to me recently what some people call dark night of the soul where hey i thought i was doing so well on my spiritual journey and all of a sudden bam <laughs> i know i know it's happened to me mm -hmm. i mean uncontrollable crying mm -hmm. Loss of sleep, and and it led to God. What I call God moments. Mm. When you start talking, yeah. When you start praying, yeah. And then things happen. For sure. <laughs> what did you discover? Well, I'll tell you a quick story. This happened last week. Uh, I I was having a down day because it's still not fully over. I'm still, mm -hmm. I'm not as bad as I was February, March, I'll tell you, but it's still lingering. I hop in my, I was having a down day. I hop in my car, I go to the park, beautiful day out. I'm listening to A Course of Miracles audio book on my way there. And Master Jay says, I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, pray through me for right-mindedness. So I get to the park and I'm on a bench, watch it, looking at the river. And I do that. I do exactly what he said. I look over to my right, like five feet away, there's something yellow on the ground. I, I thought it was a light, maybe like a, a park light or something. Mm -hmm. So I walk over to it. It's a candle next to a bush, a random bush. And underneath the candle is a note. <laughs> so I'm like, come on. <laughs> I love it. So I opened the note and it says, thanks again. Keep spreading kindness. Love it. 
Boom. I put there the I put the note back under there and you got the message. I got the message. I love it. That's it. That's it, man. I love it. Everything <laughs> is working for us. I'm telling you, it's all working for us. And you know, you're the dark night of the soul and all that stuff. Yeah. Of course, you know, if you're on any kind if you are serious about really that truth is the most important thing. Love is the most important thing. If you're serious, you're going to go through these things. And they're not dark. They're exactly what needs to be done because it's the burning off of the ego. It's the burning off of a little more of the stuff and a little more of the stuff. If you don't have those things and everything's peachy keen, I'm like, oh, uh, you're not really doing it. <laughs> it's not really yeah. happening because it has to burn off. Those shadows have to come up. It's, a, it's, like, a it's like a detox. It is. Because you have to, we have to look at that stuff. It's like in the Bible, the you know, the um, wrestling with the angel, or mm. you know, the the forty days across. You know, all that stuff is the same thing. You have to face that stuff. It's, Otherwise, it just controls your journey. Go yeah, ahead. It, it's like coming face to face with the fact that this material world is impermanent, and the people you love are gonna die, and you're gonna die, mm -hmm. your body's gonna die. Their body is going to die. That's right. Right. Even the trees and the grass, it's all impermanent. It's all yeah. like this video game. <laughs> it is <laughs> like the matrix, <laughs> but there's Abba, you know, there, there's father that loves you no matter what. And there's Abba too. Dancing queen too. <laughs> <laughs> but the source of life, right? God yeah. source. Abba, what I don't that source is not going anywhere. Yeah, it's permanent. It's not going. It's always been. It's like the beginning. The alpha, the omega. It's there's no beginning. There's no end. It always is. That's just what's going on. For sure. For sure. And once you get that, you do automatically lighten up. You're like, well, yeah. I recently had someone on this podcast who had a dream of becoming a radio personality in his early 20s. And he got caught in the crack epidemic in the 80s. Mm. And he became a crackhead. And he did some wild stuff for 12 years straight. All sorts of things. And went in and out of jail. And one day he was in jail. And he just started talking to God. He started talking to God. And he got this like download this something dropping in his spirit that said Romans. And so he found the Bible in jail and he started reading Romans and in Romans, it says how to get saved. Uh, and he was like, Oh, wow. He, he took God and Jesus with him from there on out. And he was still in the streets being a crackhead for another five years. Mm -hmm. But this time, he was scared of God. He was a God-fearing man. Mm. And he felt that God kept him alive. And then eventually, when the time was right, he ended up going back to jail for eight months. And it was that time he said, I'm going to read the whole Bible for those eight months. I got nothing but time. And he did. And <laughs> right? he came out and he kicked it and started a new life. And ended up becoming a radio personality at a Christian station. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. It, it took him like 
15 years. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly right. Listen, we never know. We never know. But there is that, that essence of when you give up control, then things start to roll. It's the giving up of control thing, you know, because everything's about control, you know, and when you can give up that control and start to be like, you know what, it's kind of they say in AA and all that. My life is the God thing. And then also what's the other thing that um, let go and let God. Yeah. My life has become unmanageable. That kind of idea. It is unmanageable. So don't stop trying to manage it. Let go. And people are really scared to do that. But when they do that. Boy, oh boy, it happens. And it never happens. Listen, it never happens at the, in the path or the way or when you think it's going to happen. It just doesn't happen like that. It happens when it's supposed to happen. The right people will come at the right time and the thing will come at the right time. And, you know, and if it's not, listen, if it's not coming right now, it's not the right time. So just hang out. It's, there's <laughs> always a lesson of patience, right? But when you really get living in the moment, which in the Course of Miracles is called the holy instant, you don't need patience. Mm. Patience is another way of repressing. You get it? Yeah. So don't pray for patience. Just sink into the present moment because it's all here anyway. What should we pray for? Prayer is a very interesting topic, right? And prayer is used definitely in the Course of Miracles. Overall, use prayer to just talk to God, talk to source, talk to love. Just say, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm having a bad day. Kind of challenging to me right now. I don't know if I need anything right now, but I just need to, like, let you all know. (laughs) If you do need something, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, be careful of getting to that Everyone listening, get in that prayer of like, oh, please save me. Oh, God, do this for me. Oh, God, do this for me. Because listen, that's fine. But what you're doing is you're constantly affirming that you are a body. Mm. If you weren't a body, you and God would just be like, hey, dude, what's going on? Like you and God would be at one. The atonement would be happening. And you would just be like, isn't it a beautiful day? Aren't we having a great time? Let's go surfing. Yeah. So be careful of those pleading prayers because it keeps you in that place of I'm here and God's up here. No, you are willing. God's is exactly one. What about law of attraction or what Emmett Fox used to call demonstrating? It's the same thing. Yeah. In the Course of Miracles, one of my favorite, favorite parts of the Course of Miracles, I teach law of attraction. I had for many, many, many years. And I realized that I would teach people law of attraction because I know how it's very easy for me and I know how to do it and it's very easy. But I was realizing that people were like, they'd either get it or they wouldn't get it or they get things and then they go down. I'm like, oh, they haven't done the Course of Miracles. So they haven't cleaned out all their stuff out of their mind. Not Mm -hmm. enough. So the Course of Miracles says, you see what you expect. You expect what you invite. And what you invite will come to you exactly as you sent for it. That's a direct quote from The Course in Miracles. So you see what you expect. I see misery because I expect misery. Life is hard, so I see life is hard, right? You see what you expect, and you expect what you invite. So what are you inviting? I'm in, am I inviting fear? Am I inviting love? 
am I sitting there going, oh, I hope, I hope that they don't judge me. I hope they don't judge me. And then guess what? They judge you. It will come to you exactly as you sent for it, because the one thing that, that's really important from Course in Miracles and Law of Attraction is that he says our greatest power is our power of choice beyond the insanity of the world. So if we, whatever we choose, God, source, just going, okay, sure. I'm not going to take the choice away from you. But as soon as you, your mind starts to get right, you start to just go, well, why couldn't I be a millionaire? Well, why couldn't I? You know, there's right Emmett Fox too. Because there's the, the, um, the blocks aren't there anymore. You're not like going, oh, I'm going to really use law of attraction to get a million dollars. I'm going to use law of attraction. No, that's not. Because then you're desperate. And then you're like, I'm here and a million dollars is over there. God, source is like you can have whatever you want to. doesn't matter. Just decide that's what you want. And then just get it. <laughs> it sounds very simple, but it's true. Visualize it. Expect it. Put in a Be little work. It. Be it. Have you ever read The Science of Getting Rich? I have, yeah. It's one of my favorite books in the world, and I teach it, and it's, I say it's the mini Course in Miracles. Wallace Waddles. He's like the first of the modern era teaching it. Like yeah. Very sure. early 1900s. Yes. Before exactly. Emmett Fox, before Goddard, Neville Goddard. Yeah, Goddard I love before, Neville Goddard, though. Before all of them. Mm -hmm. Law of Attraction is the law. Right, it's right. just how it works. You just can either be conscious of it or you're kind of like just let it all flow. And it's really amazing. And I would really suggest people listen. It's like 50 pages. You can get free versions on the Internet. Yeah. Read that. Read it. And you're going to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's exactly the course of miracles. I'm telling you. I almost want to do a whole other episode on the science. Oh, my God. I could talk about it all day long. I could talk about it all day long. So th these are your two main books, The Course in Miracles and The Science of Getting Rich, would you say? Well, Science of Getting Rich, I teach a lot. I teach it a lot um, because it's so aligned with The Course in Miracles. That's for sure. There's a lot. I'm also a big, huge. I don't know if you know who Jed McKenna is. No. As far as books go. Jed McKenna's work has really blew my mind about 10 years ago, and I've read everything that he's, he's done. He's kind of the, the um, not a lot of people know him, and, and not a lot of people are ready to actually read him. Um, but he kind of blows the whole thing out of the water at the same time. Really, really great. But, you know, listen, Adyashanti I've been following for many, many, many years. Gangaji is one of my my teachers for many years, you know, on uh, retreats and yeah, I just had her on the podcast. You did. Yeah. She's amazing. I'll send you a link. It was a good convo. Oh my gosh. I'm so, so she's incredible. Yeah. Hard to believe she's coming up on 80 years old. I know yeah. a lot of people I introduced her, her, her to and my students and they, first of all, they have to like, just adjust to like, just listening to her. They're like, Oh my God, her voice. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. First big spiritual mentors was Marianne Williamson. Right. Yeah. Who I met when I was about 17 years old before she had a book, before she had anything. I went to her apartment in West Hollywood and my friend said, Hey, we read this book and you might like it. And I was like, okay. And went there and went there one week and I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And I went there the next week and then the next week and and it was Marianne's apartment in West Hollywood. And she had she was working on a book and she started like 
around LA um, doing talks and everything. And that's when I started getting into it and then helped with the Los Angeles Center for Living. And this is when the AIDS crisis first hit and all that mm -hmm. stuff. That's how I got some street cred that way. So mm -hmm. um, Louise Hay and Deepak Chopra and all that stuff. So, so I've been around a while. So, so yeah, but Marianne was one of the first people and she wasn't even, she was just like, hey, let's read this book. <laughs> um, but that one of the first people that was really like, yeah, let's do this. And then through her, I met so many other people and, and found my path. She explains it to you, explains the course very nicely. Yeah, she does. No doubt. No doubt. Makes it real. The course is a mystical path. So it means it's, you walk it. It's not a philosophy. It asks you, like, you got to apply this to your life. And when you apply it to your life, you see the results. A lot of hardcore Christians don't like it. <laughs> oh, no, they don't like it because it's blasphemous of Jesus. They don't want to believe that Jesus sent a message in the 1970s to this woman. Oh, no. Right. No, because then it loses. Then they lose power. The, the thing that, you know, I came across over the last 10 years is that Jesus is been reported as one of the ascended masters who you know visits <laughs> certain people yeah i mean it, it doesn't matter to me it doesn't matter people are going to believe what they want to believe and they're going to do what they want to do just good on you you do that i do i do my thing you do your thing that's great yeah and i always say look even if it's not true it doesn't take away from the teachings at all yeah. Like, how much knowledge did Yoda kick in Star Wars? I mean, come on. <laughs> Listen, the course has a lot of Yoda in it. Listen, Yoda has a lot of the course in it, for sure. There's no doubt about it. It doesn't matter where you get it. That's what I think. It doesn't matter. But if you're a hardcore fundamentalist, there are aspects. There are principles in the Course of Miracles that go completely against the Bible. Completely against the Bible, for sure. First of all, we're not one with God. God is the Father. In the Course of Miracles, my will and God's are one. Our whole thing is the atonement to accept the one meant for ourselves, that we are one. We're not God, but we're one. And that's like, that's not, a, that's a big no-no in that, in fundamentalist Christian kind of things. Osho used to say, become godliness. I love Osho so much. I do. Me, me too, yeah. He was insane and crazy, and I loved him so much. Did you ever read, read um, well, under Rajneesh, when he wrote under Rajneesh, The Mustard Seed? No, but I've heard oh. almost like all his sat sayings and lectures. And so read The Mustard Seed. Yeah, okay. That was one of my, that, I, I discovered that probably around the same time that I started doing The Course of Miracles when I was like 18 years old. And that was like, that the, um, he breaks down the gospel according to Thomas and puts his, his kind of spin on it. It's really good. Really. Yeah. Good. Yeah. He's the, he's the, the best teacher I've, I've found. I love him. He's great too. And he, he gets you into a meditative mood while he's teaching you. If you've listened to the audios. And he has those long asses. Too bad so, that, that Netflix show about him was only about the insanity of all the structure. The, yeah. It was and an they didn't, it was not any of his philosophy at all. No, no it was a, it was an experiment. So what? Yeah, I know. someone has to do it. 
<laughs> Someone has to experiment, right? I know. But it was just amazing. Of like four or five episodes. And you're like, well, what does this guy even stand for? Yeah. You didn't hear any of his philosophy at all, which is interesting. Well, I'll have to link you. But I had one of his disciples on this podcast who lived with him for 19 years. Mm, wow. And she gives the behind the scenes to everything. Oh, I want. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. I listened to that. So, I mean, that's awesome. So I feel like I could talk to you for another hour easy. Me too. I feel uh, like it's probably the listeners are probably like, okay. <laughs> where can someone come find you and say hello? One of the best places to find me actually is um, on Insight Timer. Insight Timer. Look for me, Max Ryan. I'm there live um, five days a week. I do Course in Miracles work and you can come watch me there. My YouTube channel, um, Attract Positive Results. Um, look for me on YouTube and also my main site, attractpositiveresults.com. All those places, YouTube, Insight Timer. I'm kind of all over the place too. So you'll find me. Any, are you on Instagram? I'm on Instagram. My my um my business is called Attract Positive Results. So it's at Attract Positive Results there. Since we're in this material illusion world thingy, we can just attract whatever we want, right? Of course. Of course. I thought you were gonna start singing Madonna. Material world. Because <laughs> like, I thought you were going to say, we are living in a material world. And I was like, huh? that's where my head is. That's where my head is. <laughs> All right. Well, Max, it's, it's been a pleasure meeting you and, and learning from you. Really great talking to you, Kevin. You just made it all so easy. Your, your Osho techniques worked. <laughs> right on. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.